I'm very pleased to, uh, to be the speaker for the last session on what is a very, very important topic that just a few years ago wasn't in the headlines uh, in, in all the magazines and, and, and periodicals, and that's the question of ESG. And the reason why we wanted to, to, uh, to have this at the end to say, what, what do you need to do, is because there's a great deal of confusion and uncertainty surrounding this issue for virtually every company that's trying to deal uh, with, with ESG. So what I'd like to do is really uh, divided into four. One is uh, a description of the wild, wild west, which is uh, sort of a, a good description of this topic. Uh, a quick dis description of what is ESG, because uh, not everyone understands all the categories that fit under E, S, and G. Uh, third, uh, what's the landscape today? Uh, that you have to be aware of. But then what do you need to do? Uh, what do you need to do uh, to, to deal with this issue? And my hope is that you carry away uh, some insights that help you deal with this issue uh, 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 better. And I'm pleased we have actually some people in this room. We have a, a, a person from Encina who has, who, who's her job is to deal with this issue, this issue every day, right? So, uh, so, uh, Hopefully she won't ask too many tough questions at the end. So I think the best way to describe it is the wild, wild west. And uh, this reminds me of other things that have happened to the industry in the past, they're similar. But the topic of uh, environmental, social and governance or ESG is now virtually, you cannot open up a newspaper or a periodical without it, it uh, being on the front pages. Uh, and it's, it's cutting across so many different uh, parties investors, new standards, rating organizations, government regulators, stock exchange directors, accounting standards, financial institutions, et cetera. It's just affecting so many different parts of the financial and the economic and the regulatory uh, picture. Um, on top of that, there's been a great deal of interest on the part of the investors on this issue. In the last two years, there's been an explosion of money going into new funds that are dedicated to investing in companies that are focused on ESG practices uh, and also existing mutual funds and, and pension funds who've added CSG ratings uh, to their criteria for investment. Um, in, in addition, uh, for example, on the governance side and the social side, you have states and stock markets uh, dictating minimums related to diversity of, of board directors along gender and ethnicity lines. State of California said you have to have a certain number of uh, women on boards. Uh, uh, NASDAQ is, 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 is dictating uh, things along ethnic lines and so forth. So the, that dimension is happening. Uh, but also on the, on the, on the, uh, uh, on the borrowing side, we have lenders and bond investors who are also using ESG criteria when they are providing debt financing for companies. So no matter what direction you look, uh, it's become an important factor. And it's not just gonna be one of these reporting things. It's going to be something that affects how you run your business uh, in, in, in many, many respects, from the workforce, to the way you run your businesses, uh, uh, to the way that you report uh, earnings and, and deal with public shareholders. Um, now, what's interesting, uh, certainly one thing, one part of it, the E part, involves uh, environmental. And certainly uh, this has been uh, a factor for the chemical industry for decades, right? 
So this is not a new thing. The only difference, though, is that the uh, the regulations are becoming more stringent uh, around environmental standards, emissions, and carbon content. Um, the other aspect, though, is this reporting side. It's not only your performance and, and what things you have to do, but the burden of, of the requirement and the burden of reporting and the detailed reports that uh, that are that are being requested uh, are 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 escalating, uh, and and where you have to measure in some fashion how you're performing along a large number of dimensions of ESG. But the big problem is. What is the standard? And that's a serious problem because what you really have is, uh, in many cases, either a variety of standards that conflict with each other, or you have things where it's really difficult to say what standard you, you should use. What is enough diversity in your workforce, right? Is there some standard? You know, is it 45%? Is it this? Or well, how do you define diversity? So there's a challenge of both confusing and conflicting standards, but there's one where you say there's some where you don't even know how to measure, right? And to measure what's good or bad. Now, the chemical companies have been subject to environmental safety, financial reporting, discrimination, other label, labor-related rules, uh, et cetera, for decades. It's just that the scope uh, has really uh, 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 mushroomed well beyond the older requirements. And then on top of that, to make it even more <laughs> enjoyable. Uh, there's a special thing that we've mentioned before earlier today about uh, the pressures on single-use plastics and chemical producers in general for environmental reasons. So this is a topic that uh, is going to be uh, top of mind for chemical uh, executives uh, for a long time. And by the way, it's not just uh, large chemical companies. This is going to go down to even relatively small chemical companies. Uh, and um, we did, we, we surveyed a number of, of uh, men. They said, well, we thought we would escape, uh, you know, having to deal with this. But the reality is uh, it's, 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 it's affecting companies of all size. So in other words, uh, it has become somewhat akin to the wild, wild west where there are pressures to perform but a great deal of uncertainty about what standards to follow, how to measure performance, and how to report uh, performance. I think an analogy is you decide to take a graduate school or college course, the professor says, if you're gonna be graded, oh, but by the way, um, I can't tell you what the criteria is for an A, B, or C. And oh, by the way, even though I told you, it might change during the course of the, uh, of the semester. You know, that's kind of what we're facing. Right, and, and, and it's not particularly fair, but that's basically what's happening. Um, now, um, very few companies are gonna be let off the hook when you think about what comes under ESG, uh, and it's affecting many companies in terms of their business and financial strategies. So what does it mean? Uh, ESG impacts your overall priorities, your business and M&A strategies, your reporting requirements, your relationship with investors, the board and management recruiting and profiles and the management of employees and operations. So pretty much every aspect of your company is going to be affected. So, you know, once I was like, well, why don't I just wait until things settle down until the professor tells me what in you know, the criteria is for an A or B or so forth. 
Well, that's not really an option for all but a small handful of companies. Uh, you know, we're, you're all familiar with the phrase that says, you will be damned if you do and damned if you don't, right? That's a famous phrase. Well, now with regard to ESG, there's a new phrase that says, you'll be damned if you don't and in challenging uncharted waters if you do, right? So either way, you know, you're in trouble. Uh, so uh, since we do both investment banking and corporate strategy work, uh, ESG actually has ended up being a factor in many of the aspects of the advice that we're giving and the execution of client projects. It is on the list of things that have to be considered and it's affecting all sorts of things, whether it's financing or M&A or, or, or corporate strategy. So what is ESG? And I'm gonna go quickly through this. And I, I think the point being, the list in each of these three categories, ESG is actually not short. And actually some things that you wouldn't necessarily have thought should be on the list. Uh, I think in terms of environmental, that's less so, you know, greenhouse emissions, resource use, waste production, energy sources, but land use is part of, part of the list uh, and so forth. So these are not so surprising and maybe one or two that you haven't thought about, like land use is not something one immediately thinks about when you think about environmental, but other of these, other these, uh, these things are pretty much standard items that we, the industry has dealt with for many, many years. The social one, though, is really uh, tricky, right? Because although there are some things on this list that clearly get a lot of publicity, diversity with regard to gen gender and racial, workplace safety, uh, you know, uh, board diversity and working conditions, there are others that, you know, uh, quite frankly, people don't necessarily think about uh, on modern slavery or child labor or whatever. They don't necessarily think of that as part of things that they have to worry about, but it's happening. So for example, uh, sort of irritation is clothes made in, you know, certain parts of China where, where it's forced labor. Well, you got to deal with that, right? And it's affecting companies that are in the retail uh, business. Uh, in terms of governance, uh, these are more understandable and are, are, are not, they're not that many surprises. But the list is long, from bribery to board structure, board quality and experience, board size, independence, pay, say on pay, whistleblower, disclosure policy, shareholder rights, and balancing of shareholder uh, interest. And, and this last one obviously is a problem because how do you balance between profits, uh, share price, uh, profitability, uh, you know, the, the, the healthier company, all these things, how do you do the trade-offs between the two. And there's no formula that you can apply uh, to uh, make that calculation, right? So, so that's, that's what, those are the categories. So the question though is next, what's the landscape? And I'm gonna go through one or two, uh, two items. The first one is, what are the standards? Well, there's a serious problem facing companies uh, because they're either a lack of standards in some areas or an oversupply of standards. You know, if you talk about supply and demand, there are some places where clearly capacity utilization is very low because there's just way too many standards in the same space. Um, it's a little bit easier in the environmental area because we have decades of regulation and standards that have been set, but there are still some areas that are not well-defined uh, and, and things like, you know, how do you measure carbon emissions, et cetera, right? Then you have the scope one and scope two and scope three and so forth. And some are easier and some are harder, right? Because for example, 
dealing with indirect emissions that occur in a company's value chain in scope three, that's a tough problem, right? Uh, scope one, a little easier, right? Controlling direct emissions from your own facilities, right? That's, that's easier to control and decide what to do. Now, in the social category, most of the factors, quite frankly, really have no standards, right? I mean, try to find a standard for child labor or modern slavery or whatever it is. And in many cases, not only is there no standard, but it's just really difficult to measure, right? So even if you wanted to. So, you know, some are measurable like board diversity or diversity of employee or management or product uh, workplace safety. Those are measurable, right? Uh, at least you can count. Although someone laughed and said, there was one company that said they had great board diversity, but then upon investigation, it turns out it was all the cousins and wives <laughs> and aunts. There were others. So it was diverse. It, it was diverse. It just was uh, not particularly uh, uh, correct. Uh, but other others are really, really hard to measure, as you can imagine, right? Governance is somewhere in between environmental and, and, and social in terms of your ability to have standards that are that can be measured uh, because there clearly their board composition or executive pay you can you know you can have standards uh, whistleblower uh, whistleblower policies etc so it's somewhere in between but overall it's a challenge right uh, because but and by the way in terms of governance I think the biggest problem is the last one that I listed which is the the trade-off right and, and this makes it really tough, which is how do you trade off? If you're the CEO on the board of the company, how do you trade off the different categories? Because uh, if you spend more in one thing, inevitably it, it doesn't come, come for free, right? So you, you're gonna have to deal with that. And there are no real good guidelines for that uh, uh, other than that you know you're expected to uh, do uh, certain things. Right. Uh, the next is reporting and ratings. So there's a proliferation of reporting and ratings, uh, uh, just like the standards. And everyone on the face of the earth is offering their services, whether it's accounting firms or, or others to, to help you out. But the uh, reporting requirements are being accounting, regulators, environmental regulators, so forth. Uh, in addition, uh, the international business community has been working towards trying to establish uh, sustainable reporting standards uh, through a whole bunch of nonprofit, independent, multilateral organizations that have been around. Uh, and their collective efforts have been, ha what they're trying to do is they're trying to create uh, you know, some rationalization of, 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 this, of the reporting requirements, right? And I think there's recognition that there's so many different opinions that they have to find some way. So uh, efforts going on to try to consolidate uh, the, these reporting requirements, et cetera. Uh, you know, some examples of the organizations uh, that are working on these uh, reporting standards and, and trying to work together are the Sustainability Accounting Standards Board, the Global Reporting Initiative, the, the Task Force of Climate-Related Financial Disclosures, the International Integrated Reporting Council, 
and the International Financial Reporting Standards Foundation, right? And, and a number of them are trying to get together and say, okay, we can't all have different reporting standards. It just won't work. So they're trying to rationalize uh, their reporting standards, but we are very far away from having uh, a common set that, that, that makes sense. Uh, then there's the other dimension, of the, which is the investor challenges, right? And there, uh, it's, it's as much as it's as confusing to companies trying to figure out standards in reporting. It's equally confusing uh, for the investors to try to figure this out. So the, on the other side, you know, so you have the companies who are trying to comply and have the right ratings and standards, but then you have the investors. And there was a huge flood of money going into, quote, ESG and responsible uh, funds. And by the way, there are so many different studies trying to determine whether investors who invest using ESG as a criteria, whether they do better or worse. And the data is all over the place in terms of whether they perform better or worse. And that's a challenge too, because you know investors also have to make a trade-off, right? They have to make a trade-off between socially responsible investing and returns, right? So they're ha having to deal with this. So they're also dealing with the fact that it's very, very hard to figure out whether they're being misled. So there's a new phrase called greenwashing. I guess this was like, like the, uh, the predators on public companies before. Now there's greenwashing. And the, the examples of greenwashing are, are now well publicized. And, 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 uh, and there's been a lot of misleading of, of, of investors. So a lot uh, has to be done to try to figure it out. And then last, we have a plural, the, the number of companies and nonprofits are willing to do ratings is, uh, is proliferated. And they're happy to charge you for ratings, by the way. Uh, and, uh, and their companies like Ecovatus is one of, one of them. And, but there, but there are serious, uh, you know, serious imperfections on how they, they rate. In many cases, they're using data that's not necessarily standard across all companies. I think the analogy I like is the number of, of entities that rank colleges, it's, it's a large number. And, and whether you use one ranking or not, you know, um, uh, you know, you get ready for different stories. I, there's one famous one that was done by, I think the Financial Times and they rated colleges and none of the top 10 US uh, colleges were, were on the list. You know, it's a lot of Europeans. So obviously it was a very unbiased, you know, ranking of colleges. So you have the same problem, which is you have all these ratings, uh, systems uh and i think they're trying their best but the problem is they use different standards but also they're suffering from the same problem of what data can they rely on right because in many cases they have to rely on what the company reports and what their company reports may or may not comply with a certain standard so it's 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 kind of a it's kind of a nightmare so i mean you, you get you get you get to see the picture what i mean by the fact it's a wild wild west it's eventually going to settle down, right? Uh, my own personal view is that it's it's a little bit of a bubble. In other words, it became a fad, and so all this money has rushed in to do ESG, you know, uh, investing. 
but ahead of the point at which the system actually can do it in a rational, effective way. And so you're going to have chaos for a period of time. I think eventually it'll work itself out, but it's going to take uh, some time. So then what do you do, right? If you're a what do you do in the, you know, wild, wild west? Uh, if it was the movies, you would just ask John Wayne to come in and clean up the mess, right? But unfortunately, John Wayne is not interested in ESG, so uh, so you can't call on him, and he's no longer alive anyway. So what do you do? Well, I divide it into a couple of, 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 of categories. First is organizational, right? And how do you organize yourself so that you can deal with this issue? So the first is, I think it's important to try to create a dedicated cross-functional team, because this is not just one part of a company, right? It's a cross-functional focused on ESG that includes manufacturing, financial, environmental, human resources, accounting and finance, investor relations, and business strategy uh, representatives. All these important, even strategy is an important part as, as you, you could imagine. So you have to have a cross-functional team. That team has to lead the company's effort to draft annual sustainability reports and other periodical, periodic publications, but as well as providing the information, the survey results, et cetera, to third-party ESG uh, ratings and, 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 and providers, but also direct the internal decisions that are being made about what to do with the company in order to uh, get the results that you want, independent of the issue of actually counting. Um, now, it's important that, you know, I think early on when sustainability officers uh, were, to, they would report to someone, but not the CEO, right? I think it's increasingly important now that this team, the ESG teams and sustainability office, have to report directly to the CEO and the C-suite executive if, if they're going to have access uh, and at a high level in the company. And the ESG effort should be monitored by the board of directors, right? Periodically, they have to be get a report on, on what's going on. If not, uh, it won't get the attention or the resources uh, uh, required in order to be uh, in order to be effective, so the next section is uh, strategy and and execution. So it's very important, and we have some people in the room here who who are responsible for strategy, right? The exciting area of uh, corporate strategy, right? And uh, uh, here, um, it's really important that the the folks who are really focused on strategy within the company that you establish your corporate business, financial and management strategy around ESG priorities, right? It isn't the only variable, obviously, but it has to be one of the top variables uh, and criteria for the, the strategic decisions and explicitly tie your business and shareholder strategies to these priorities, right? So, and then second, it's important to monitor and measure your company's performance across all the ESG categories using standards and criteria that you believe are the most effective. And I think in the, in the short to medium term, you're just gonna have to evaluate the ones and choose the ones that seem to you to be most sensible and be transparent about which ones you're using, uh, but certainly take into account the ones that are, uh, that are recognized by the most important third parties, right? Then I think it's important to just constantly monitor how you're being rated by third parties and make sure your sustainability or integrated reports are aligned to the sustainability reporting standards and ESG frameworks that are supported by the company's top shareholders. And oh, by the way, 
it, you don't, it's not just if you're a public company, it could be a private company because you have shareholders and they, they will probably almost certainly care about ESG, uh, uh, not just the public, uh, you know, public shareholders. So uh, then last, uh, monitor ESG ratings in data providers to determine which ones have the greatest influence and credibility with investors and regulators and make sure the ones that have the most influence and have the most credibility are people that you are regularly in touch with and you're aware of what standards and how they how they deal with it and, and establish relationships with the main ESG ratings and data providers to find out what the rating cycles are and also the timing of, of the company's assessment. So there's a lot from an organizational strategic execution point of view that is important to focus on. But I thought I'd just list some of the key ones that you certainly have to take into consideration if you're dealing uh, with this issue. So this was meant to be kind of an overview of the situation. I like Western movies, but this unfortunately is not one where the Calvary comes in and saves the day, you know, uh, at the end. So it's really something that you're gonna to have to tackle yourself uh, and make sure you, you, you get there. So let me just ask if there are any, any questions uh, at all or, any, or actually comments, because there's some of you in the room that are actually uh, experts in this and, and may have something uh, that you'd like to say. Do you have something? Yes? Yeah, it's not a question, it's more of a reflection. So I think you, you did a beautiful job of laying out the landscape. And um, what I would just maybe add is that I think this wild, wild west uh, scenario is the transition, right? And we will get to a point where there is convergence on frameworks and standards. And I think the thing that you're going to see more than anything that's different in your lives is that the analytics you look at just have some other factors you have to take into consideration. And that over time, the trend, it will transition from having a separate ESG group to ESG being a part of what everybody thinks about and does. And you'll see that with sort of the next wave of the workforces. They just sort of think of it as what they do. It's not a separate thing. And um, I would just encourage everybody to, right now, there's such a focus and such a sort of almost like a fascination and urgency around climate and measuring your carbon footprint. But I would urge everybody to think about as you're putting in frameworks now to think a little bit more holistically about all those impacts so that you have the data at your fingertips when this settles down and you need to be thinking about all the different components and not just your carbon footprint that you have the analytics to be able to make strategy and investment decisions based on real numbers and then it's easy to justify decisions because you're, you have the, the framework to substantiate them. Yeah, but you definitely don't have the option of saying, oh, I'll just wait it out until it settles down. That is clearly not an option, which is unfortunate because you almost wish that was a, a possibility. Any questions or additional comments? Because I think everyone in this room probably is trying to deal with this issue. So I'm sure there's some, some comments that people would like to make. Anyone? Anyone know of a John Wayne who might solve this problem? John Wayne is every single one. Yeah, that's exactly right. So first of all, I want to thank all of you who are on uh, uh, virtually and those people who are here in the Sabre Group at the Yale Club. I want to thank you very much for joining us uh, today. I hope we uh, we met our goal of, uh, of allowing you to walk away with a few insights that you didn't have before to help you make the right uh, strategic and financial and shareholder uh, decisions.